0: Why do I always get them nuts? Ahoy, mateys, and welcome to a very special episode of I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. I'm your captain, Captain Eric, and it's a pleasure to welcome you aboard to another episode. Uh, it's a special episode because just this week, a big project that I have been a part of for the last two years finally got released on May 1st, 2022, on the 23rd anniversary of SpongeBob SquarePants' I am talking about the SpongeBob SquarePants movie, Rehydrated. I have been a part of this project for almost two years now, and it was such a joy to finally see it premiere. But then with everything that happened alongside the project over the next 24 hours, it was just a lot of emotions, an entire roller coaster up and down. And and I have a lot to say about that. But before I, I go on and talk about what had happened during the premiere, I want to go over with how I got involved with the project, pull back the curtain, and, and talk about a little bit on what I did with the project. I have some thank yous to hand out, and then we'll, we'll go over what transpired during the premiere and everything that happened afterwards. More than two years ago, on April 13th, 2020, YouTuber Velskabum94 released a video titled The SpongeBob Movie is Getting a Fan Remake. If you're not familiar with VeilSkabum94, I, I imagine if you're listening to me, you probably are. But if you happen to not be familiar, he is a YouTuber that covers a lot of cartoon news. He even reviews movies and TV shows. Um, but he also, the, the main reason that I started following him was that once in a while he would cover these like one-off pieces of animation history that... Uh, Occurred once in in time and just have been lost to the masses as far as like a a tidbit of information I want to give you a, a quick example in the early 2000s cartoon network made a commercial that would specifically run on Nickelodeon channels that would feature a bunch of their their cartoon characters double D and Johnny Bravo and it would feature them as if they were Sneaking over from Cartoon Network over to the rival channel of Nickelodeon to tell kids, hey, there's another channel out there showing some cartoons and you should probably turn over. We're not supposed to be on this channel. It's a commercial that aired, you know, maybe a handful of times and it's a commercial. So if you didn't see that live and and missed any of the airings, it just got lost in the annals of time. Before someone like Vail Skabum makes a video talking about it, mentions, you know, how it went down, shows it off. And, and those kind of videos that he produces are the ones I, I really look forward to and watch in just when it's those weird one-off things that have happened. Um, but that video popped up, and I watched it. And, uh, I mean, I have a SpongeBob SquarePants podcast called I'm Ready a SpongePod SquareCast. I, I'm, I'm a big SpongeBob fan. I want to be involved with this project. How can I get involved? Right in the video's description, they gave all the social media for the Spongebob Squarepants movie, Rehydrated, including a link to their Discord server, which I quickly joined. And, and massive shout-out to everybody in the Discord server of the Spongebob Squarepants movie, Rehydrated. You guys have been completely awesome from beginning to end. Love each and every one of you. Massive shout-out to everybody there. And from the moment I joined, it felt welcoming. It was like, hey, welcome here. What what brings you here? What can you do we want to get you involved with this project, and unfortunately, I'm not an animator uh, of any sort. I-, I absolutely would love to, but I want to be involved in some way, and I know that I have other skills that can be applied here. Obviously, with the amount of years that I have been podcasting, even before uh, the Squarecast and This Week in Nickelodeon History and Captain Eric, and I had a, a stint in radio, and public radio, I have a decent enough voice, I, I like to imagine, so I I knew hey with with the voice acting being redubbed there's a few characters I definitely could nail. And let me tell you for as much as I I know that I can sound at least like one or two of the characters in the movie, the one character that I went out for at first was David Hasselhoff. And um there wasn't even an audition page when I first joined the Discord server. At that moment there were people kind of posting their auditions right in the server in a in a specific uh, chat for that. And if that's still somewhere around there, I imagine my original David Hasselhoff audition is is still on there I received a decent amount of praise when I posted that just to you know kind of see hey see if other people think I can sound like Hasselhoff and there was enough to push me that when there was an official audition page for all the characters Hasselhoff was one of the characters I actually like really went out and auditioned for but as I said I I don't have an ego somebody else immediately afterwards posted up an absolutely fantastic Hasselhoff and I just quietly walked away mentally from that like no yeah they're not going to be Hasselhoff in this movie but out of the 3 out of the 4 characters that I auditioned for on that on that website I actually earned and even though I would eventually you know become a bigger part of this project let me just say that by the time that happened, I had earned these these lines. These weren't anything that were handed to me. I auditioned for them, and I was the, the choice and those characters are Captain Bart, the pirate captain at the beginning, uh, middle and end of the movie, the the live action one. I am the waiter at Goofy Goobers, uh, which trust me, as someone who has worked with the public for as long as I have. And then lastly, the carjacker, the one who steals the paddy wagon, the second they are uh, past the county line. Twelve seconds past the county line. Yay. Out of the car, fellas. Uh, I was ecstatic to earn those characters, and, and the fact that I could be a part of this project in even a small way, even if it was by a drawing somewhere in the credits or on the wall, I was going to be proud of being a part of that project and put my best foot forward. So uh, beyond those auditions, I knew I wanted to do something bigger. I have a SpongeBob podcast. I'm going to be a part of this SpongeBob project. I, I want to help promote this project. Now, you know, is my podcast the biggest one in the world? Not not at all. Not at all. And even in the SpongeBob podcast realm, it's not. But I will tell you, there's a lot of passion behind this this uh, podcast, And from the beginning, I always wanted to be a bigger part of the Spongebob community. So I knew that with that passion, even with the few episodes I did have under my belt at that time, and I knew that we would make some wonderful interviews out of that. So I had this idea. I talked with one or two of the hosts of the project, you know, told them the idea, and they gave me the chance to pitch this idea to all of the other hosts in a chat room that Um, was kind of sprung on me and I wasn't really prepared for. I mean, mentally, I was prepared for in the sense that I had the entire idea in my head. But you see, I like using my voice. I don't mind talking. And for those that know me know that I could probably explain something better by talking than by typing. And when it comes to just using text, hey, if I'm telling you something, you can hear how I'm speaking, the way I'm using the words, the cadence in my voice. You can catch a lot of cues to understand and catch the feelings of behind the words I'm saying. But if I just send you text, it's almost up to you in your mind. I mean, it's almost it is up to you in your mind to fill in those blanks of how how it's being read of what I'm writing down. And um, not saying that the pitch is going to feature anything that's going to be taken out of context or wrong, but just... Typing to me, especially in that context, is much more of a nerve-wracking task than if I was just asked on the spot, like, hey, can you just pitch this idea to the hosts in a voice chat? If that was the case, oh, uh, we're off to the races. Give me five minutes, and I will absolutely lay everything out on the table, explain everything thoroughly, and make sure that everybody understands what's going on, full transparency, open up the curtain. You don't need to worry about anything. I don't know. Something might get lost in translation in text. And uh I had mentioned the date of Veilskabum's video. Well, just for historical purposes, June 1st, 2020 is when I had the opportunity to send the four other hosts my idea for this kind of partnership between my podcast and the project. And I just want to give a massive, undeniable gratitude shout out to the four hosts Retro Oreo, Pickle, Cane, and Pasta Dash because all four of them took a chance on me when they didn't have to. I was someone with, like I said, I had episodes under my belt. It's not like I had nothing and said, hey, I want to make a SpongeBob podcast. No, I, I had a podcast, but it's not like I had something that was fully established that had a concrete base I was still building but they took a chance on me and what I pitched to them was the idea of I want to open up my podcast completely to your project I want to talk about it as much as I can I want to conduct interviews with anybody and everybody who's working on this thing and that's just it I just want to open it up completely and because as I've said from the beginning if you go back to my introduction of this entire project it's it's a show by a fan for fans and I want it to be fan driven. So if I can feature other SpongeBob fans on the show and have them talk about SpongeBob, talk about the project, like it's it's a nice cohesive thing that that would work and I had the opportunity to pitch it. I was sweating bullets, texting that out and using voice to text. Like I said, I'd rather use my voice to pitch something than just using the words. So after about three or four paragraphs, I finally sent the pitch over to the other hosts and to my surprise, uh and honestly it was to my surprise everybody loved the idea and we immediately began work on it we began making a spreadsheet that we put out to the discord server to to have anybody who who wanted to be on the show who wants to be interviewed to pick an episode i i went through and listed out the episodes in order and and the dates that would be roughly when we would record and and i gave myself an extra few weeks just knowing like hey sometimes getting you know uh, schedules to line up can be a difficult matter and, and I don't want to make things really always on the mark, always on the tee to p- put that kind of pressure on somebody else. I want to make sure that everyone else is comfortable and I literally would change my schedule around when I would have to conduct these interviews. Sometimes I would have to be up at 7 in the morning. Sometimes I would have to be up late at like 10 or 11 p.m. or, or even beyond midnight, depending on where somebody was in the world and time zones and whatnot. Like, I... My show was important to me. My show is important to me. These interviews are important to me. The collab is important to me. So, I, you know, whatever lack of sleep or any sleep I would lose of these interviews, uh, it was just the passion of it was pushing me beyond any sort of other ailment. And uh, and it was just a labor of love, an absolute labor of love. Uh, I want to give a massive shout out to everybody who signed up to be on the uh, the SquareCast. Some of these individuals I got to know before our interviews, which made them then a lot more easier to have. But there were a lot of these that I met these individuals mere minutes before we started recording. We would get on a Discord call. We would, you know, go over just kind of some preliminary things. And the way I used to record the uh, Squarecast was a bit more um, where there, there would be an actual recorded intro. I would stop the recording watch spongebob and then um you know with the other person i was with and then we would go back and record and talk about the episode so i thought that structure worked out great with these interviews because then the entire first section could just be about them give them the the platform to talk about their work or what they're into what they want to promote then we take the break then we come back and talk about the episode at hand and the structure I know isn't perfect, but I, I do think it worked out uh, for the best for a lot of these interviews, but I just want to give a massive shout out to all of those who signed up to be on the podcast. I am eternally grateful for you. Uh, all these interviews mean the world to me. So a massive shout out to the Gons fam who was Squidward over on the Spongebob Squarepants movie, rehydrated and also Mr. Krabs as well. Big G Skyler and Brandon of Truman pictures, Mega 121, Pizza Brian, Dysphoria, Double Time 32, Mr. SpongeBob and Patrick himself, Chad, Challenger Girl, Star Kingo, Sharky Boy, Katsubi, and Muhammad Awad, uh, among the hosts as well that I, that I have on. Um, and, and literally to all of you who were on the show. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for taking the time out of your life to be on the show. I know on your end, you might thank me for taking my time. Nope, I'm here to just help elevate your voice in, in any way I can. It's it's not about me. It's about you, your work, and what a project we made together. I mean, come on. Uh, all of us have, have every right to take a victory lap and be truly proud of, of the production that we were able to, to put on together. Um, now, as as far as any other work I did for the project, very late in the production, I put my name out there as someone who could help out on the back end in terms of uh, audio issues, audio design, editing. You know, I've been doing this for so long. I, I can also do some video editing too. I knew that the project was still chugging along, but if I could help out in any way, I, I want to. So I was asked, you know, would you like to help out with some of the sound design for a, a chunk of the movie? A good chunk? And I said absolutely, and I was not prepared to be thrown essentially like the last 15 minutes or so, 20 minutes or so of the movie um, from the moment our two main characters meet David Hasselhoff. And that sequence also includes Goofy Goober Rock, which unquestionably is is the ultimate moment of the movie. It's it's the most exciting pump it up part of the movie Everybody get excited, Goofy Gooper Rock, it's iconic. That moment is included in my chunk, and uh, I gotta be honest with you. First few couple days that I, I was like, you know, kind of mulling over ideas on, on how to do this, I was really nervous, because this is a, a big moment of the movie. Now, I knew I was going to have other help from other hosts and other, other sound designers. I wasn't going to be completely lost and things were not just going to completely fall on my back. But I took my job seriously. And uh, there was a Thursday that I had completely off from work, that I'm home all day, and I took off and on 12 hours throughout the day working on this project. Now, there was a few other days I did some other work, but this was like, you know, nose to the grindstone, I'm going to be working on this thing. And let me tell you, the cut that I ended up with at the end of that night not not all of those sounds made it into the movie. But I was so proud with the effort that I put forth on that, and uh, and I, I really think that effort showed. And I do want to offer just a little bit of behind-the-scenes tidbits into some of the sounds uh, for that sequence. Um, at least one of the sounds is inspired by a sound used in an episode of Rocco's Modern Life that was written and directed by Steven Hillenberg. Called Fish and Chumps. It's an episode of Rocco I've talked about many times, almost at nauseum on this, on uh, my podcasts, not on this show specifically, more so on This Week in Nickelodeon History. But I uh, absolutely love that episode. If you're a Steven Hillenburg fan and you've never checked it out, it is well worth your watch. Even if you've never seen an episode of Rocco in your life, you can enjoy this episode. Trust me. But there's a sound in that episode that I, I ended up messing with and tweaking and then redoing, but then found a way to uh, reuse it in the movie. And I even found a few other Nicktoon sounds that had similar uses throughout that finale. So there's a lot of love of both Nickelodeon and Steven Hillenburg, even through the sounds I was using through the movie. So uh, that's just how much uh, passion was going behind everything that was going on. After it was out of my hands, it went into the, the final mix before... The, uh, the version you saw during your premiere, a lot of what I produced and, and helped with in the end of that movie are still present. And I could not be prouder on how everything came out. Now, on to the premiere of the SpongeBob SquarePants movie, Rehydrated. May 1st, 2022 was selected, obviously because it is SpongeBob's 23rd birthday. May 1st is SpongeBob's anniversary. And, it, you know, hey, what better way to celebrate his anniversary than to, to watch this movie we've worked on for two years? Um, there was an initial upload, I don't know, at some point earlier in the day that had some sort of copyright restrictions and, and issues almost from the gate were coming out about this. And it was all having to do on an audio end. Everything has been fan made. There shouldn't be any any issues here. But for some reason, everything was getting kind of kind of restricted, and someone had suggested to release it as a live premiere because at, at some point, I don't know, that it would it would be able to premiere before the, the check was done and things, you know, would still kind of move forward. We had that understanding, and let me just let you all know, there were also a, a few other backup plans that were happening just in case YouTube was falling down. So the movie premiered at 6.30 EST, and went about 40 to 45 minutes or even to an hour before the block came. Now, this was a live premiere, which means if you were watching the video, you were you were going to be watching the whole thing live as if it was streaming. But the video is uploaded as a video. What's lucky about this is that when that block came about, you know, within that 45 to an hour time, if you were already watching the live premiere, and you didn't touch your computer, and your screen didn't refresh, you were actually able to finish and watch the entirety of the movie. But once that was blocked, if you refreshed your page or something happened, you had to, your computer crashed and you had to you know turn it back on, you were unfortunately met with a message that the movie was blocked by Paramount due to a copyright claim. For a lot of people, this was rightfully troubling, this was upsetting news, and this was a time to freak out. For some reason in that moment while it was happening and and while it was going on, I wasn't freaking out and I just figured, you know what, Um, all day on Twitter we were trying to get some sort of hashtag trending to get the project known that there was a premiere tonight. And if anything is going to get more people talking on social media about our project, it's that it got struck down while it was premiering. So as it happened, I knew that everybody watching was relatively safe to continue to watch as long as they didn't refresh their page. Um, sorry to those of you that it happened, that, that you may have done that yourself or got fooled by somebody in the comments or, you know, something may have just happened on your end and your, your computer may have reset. Uh, but uh, otherwise... I, I knew that in the long run, this would be a benefit for us. The more people talking about this on social media, uh, the more people then inevitably watch our project. When we can get collected behind something, we are strong. And all day, all day, I was trying to get something associated with the movie trending on Twitter as, as much as I can. I mean, look, I don't have a massive uh, Twitter base, but if if I can at least help push a hashtag out there to try to get our our project trending. I'm going to try. So all day we had decided to go with the hashtag Spongebob movie rehydrated to try to push among, uh, you know, one or two other ones. And there was no success on getting that trending. But after it got blocked, I, I just had, I sat there and I had a feeling, not knowing, you know, what would happen within the next 24 hours, but just knew, hey, if we could get some sort of fervor out here, now this is something to get people talking and to get news outlets to talk about like during our premiere this got blocked and wouldn't you know overnight hashtag justice for spongebob got up to number six as far as i know i've heard also rumors of number five but it got up at least to i personally know number six trending worldwide on twitter hashtag justice for spongebob um we got something like I just want to sit back and think about that for a second. We got something trending on Twitter, guys. Wow, that's unbelievable. I know for a lot of people that might not be a big deal, but, you know, for for something to happen to us like this and for the message to get out there that loud in the world, I'm pretty proud about that. I I am. So what ended up happening was, of course, due to the blocking, there was no way to watch the the video on YouTube. If you were there watching the, the live premiere, you got to enjoy it. The video was being uploaded to internet, just underdog. After it got blocked, the video was then being uploaded to just the 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 backbone of fan creation of the internet, Newgrounds.com. That's a blast from the past for a lot of you. Who probably haven't thought about Newgrounds in a while, but they are still around, they are still kicking, and they are still, in my opinion, the best place to put up and promote your fan content. Uh, because unfortunately, YouTube can't be that place. YouTube is a part of a publicly traded company. There's more money to be made on YouTube, therefore, there's more eyes to be looking on on things being uploaded to YouTube, and and we have these terrible automated systems, which is what do I what, which is what I imagined happened on Sunday night. I don't think Paramount saw the premiere coming and put out a a physical claim for the movie. I think the automated system got it, which I, I really don't doubt because I've, I've been hit with a similar fate, you know, having a channel that, that has Nickelodeon content. Sometimes when you upload a video, it just gets hit with a claim before it even plays. And, you know, I've disputed and those claims get lifted after, after you know, a day or two. You don't have to worry about anything. So I, I figured it was an automated claim. I didn't think it was anything malicious on Paramount's on part. I didn't think it was anything malicious on Paramount's part. And, uh, and of course, while this whole thing was trending on Twitter, that then led an entire flood of, of YouTube videos coming out from some prominent YouTubers talking about this issue. Veilskabum made a video about this, some Ordinary Gamers. Um, but the, the problem was that by the time a lot of these videos came out, Paramount had actually lifted the claim about 11 a.m. Monday morning on May 2nd. Even though the videos were late, they still contained a lot of fair opinions thrown towards YouTube's way on the fact that fan projects like these get struck and down, whereas other projects just get to flourish. For example, uh, Star Trek projects uh, can even be kickstarted in some degree, while Star Trek itself is owned by Paramount, which was a point that was brought up on the Some Ordinary Gamers video. Um, What I dislike and I made a tweet about this, is that if you search up Spongebob episodes on YouTube, you can find channels that are probably even live streaming as you're listening to this, full episodes of Spongebob Squarepants completely illegally. And in some cases, some of these videos have been sitting on YouTube for over a year without any movement from Paramount to take these videos down. So full-fledged, illegally uploaded episodes of Spongebob Squarepants could just sit on the platform with millions of views but a fan project has to kind of hit a speed bump right out of the door now at, at this point is there a reason to get upset the the claim was lifted we're able to watch the movie no not not really It's a weird feeling where a project that completely belongs on YouTube has to suffer any sort of speed bump and then just illegally uploaded uh, episodes and videos and content are just blatantly everywhere and then are just like, it's almost like the corporations thumb their nose at them for some reason. As for the movie itself, I even though I had worked behind the scenes on the project, I had not seen the full movie before its premiere. I had not even heard most of the voice lines or most of the voice actors. I wanted to kind of keep myself in the dark. And let me tell you, everybody did such a fantastic job. Double Time 32 taking on two main characters, SpongeBob and Patrick, did such a phenomenal job. But I want to give a special shout-out to, of course, Mindy, played by Alexis Pasta who just brought an entirely new level to that character. But I gotta take a moment to talk about Orion. Nathan Sue, who voiced King Neptune in this movie, had my socks completely blown off out of the window and into outer space. For the first few minutes of the performance, I thought that they just even took the audio from the original movie and that it was just the original... Jeffrey Tambor lines, and then when they told me they didn't, I was actually in a in a chat with one of the hosts. We were watching the live premiere, being completely blown away by the performance. Uh, it is one to one between the original Jeffrey Tambor lines and the ones recorded here by Orion. I've watched this movie more than a hundred times, and it took me so long listening for a line that I could differentiate Tambor and Orion from. And it just even when I found that, like by the fact that it took that long to find that that distinct moment, blew me away. Um, so I cannot shout this guy out enough. You, ha- if you check out anything from this movie, please check out the King Neptune performance, and please follow my guy over on Twitter at s u h m g u y voices. I would absolutely love to have him on on a future episode so we'll we'll see if that happens and beyond the voices of the movie when it comes to the animation of the actual rehydrated project we are talking from a multitude of different art styles from 2d animation to 3d animation to live action uh to um, stop motion animation claymation there is so much here that can be found i'm sure you can find one or two artists that you will fall in love with that you had no idea existed before so if you can please follow them on their social medias. Uh, There is a Google Doc that is posted on the SpongeBob SquarePants Movie Rehydrated Twitter page that lists all of the animators and where you can find them. Uh, Support one or two of them, even just by following them on their social media. Trust me, it means the world. Uh, But as far as the art is concerned, there is just so much love to be found and I definitely have some personal favorites, but we're going to be making more recordings soon having to do with the movie, and I'll, I'll have more to talk about some of my favorite artists from this movie, but just by all means, uh, please stay during the credits while you have that, that end roll where you get to see all of the animators. Give them their moment in the sun. Just take that time. It's it's actually one of my favorite moments of the entire movie, just laying back and, and watching that scroll go by of all the different animators. It's It's a wonder to behold. It was very nice to see the claim getting uplifted at least uh, as early as it did early Monday morning and that fans around the world were finally able to see and appreciate our labor of love. The SpongeBob SquarePants movie rehydrated at the time of this recording. The video has almost 500,000 views on YouTube, which is insane. I had a very small hand in helping this project and I can't speak for everybody. But I just know as someone who who did help out the level of pride I felt with that movie, the way it came out, and especially the extra work that went into it with the extra songs, the extra scene at the end that didn't need to be done, but was just a love letter to its creator. I felt so proud of each and every one of you who helped out with that project literally brought a tear to my eye because it was just it was a tear of joy it was a tear of happiness I had a flood of emotions throughout Monday throughout Tuesday I I felt good and I'm just so happy for each and every one of you who got to experience this project I'm happy for all of you that got to work on this project and I'm just I'm proud on this piece of art that we got to create that we came together from all around the world more than 300 of us more than 400 of us came together and we recreated one of our favorite movies because we love it so much and we love its creator so much and that his passing had that much of an effect on each and every one of us that no matter our backgrounds, our beliefs, this is something that we all came together and said, let's do this. And I love that. And I I don't know if I will ever be uh, a part of a collab as as big as this, but I'll tell you what. I, I won't ever be a part of a collab that will mean as much to this as this one will to me because this was my first this is remaking one of my favorite movies of all time and the experience that I've had and the friends that I've made are absolutely unforgettable and and this this right here this is a core memory being created so from the bottom of my heart thank you for all of you who have watched the movie thank you for your kind words and, and to each and every one of you who worked on it, I hope that you go on and, and fulfill each and every one of your dreams out there. And if you never had the opportunity to sign up to be a part of the show and would like to be on a future episode to be interviewed and you were a part of this project, by all means, you can reach out to me at Captain Eric at SpongePod at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at I'mReadyPodcast and on Instagram at SpongeBobPodcast. You can reach out to me there. I would absolutely love to have each and every one of you on. Um, for all of you listening out there, thank you for your support. If you tweeted hashtag JusticeForSpongeBob throughout the ordeal, thank you very much. Thank you to all of the YouTubers out there who featured us to Veilskabum, to some ordinary gamers, to SaberSpark for his continued support. I appreciate each and every one of you out there. That is going to be it for this special episode of the SquareCast. Please check out my other podcast, This Week in Nickelodeon History, dropping every Sunday on most major podcast platforms. Please subscribe to the Captain Eric YouTube channel, and also remember to hit that bell for notifications so you can know whenever the Captain puts something out. You can also purchase new and updated merch at the Redbubble link either in the podcast description or in the link from any of my socials. Anything that comes in from my projects goes directly back into my projects, and it's always appreciated. As always, please stay safe, be kind to one another, and thank you for coming aboard to another episode of I'm Ready, a SpongePod SquareCast. You folks have to leave. What? Say that again, if you dare. (laughs) You folks have to leave. Okay.